This is a Federal News Network podcast. Coming up on today's Federal Newscast, some members of Congress are looking to secure hazard pay for frontline federal employees and service members. A new tool from VA shows daunting figures of those infected with coronavirus. And the Pentagon is going the wrong direction with its amount of improper payments. These stories and more in today's Federal Newscast. Welcome to today's episode of the Federal Newscast. I'm Eric White. Virginia Congresswoman Jennifer Wexton wants to let federal employees easily carry over their unused leave to the next year. She says taking time off is not an option for some employees who are working through the pandemic. Most federal employees are usually allowed to carry over up to 30 days of accrued annual leave to the next year. Anything left is usually lost. Current statute does allow employees to carry over unused leave in certain situations, but Wexton's bill would specifically designate the coronavirus pandemic as one of those situations. The federal Frontline Worker Leave Protection Act has four other co-sponsors. A bipartisan group of senators is pushing the Trump administration to provide hazard pay for federal employees. Maryland Democrat Chris Van Hollen and Maine Republican Suzanne Collins led 17 of their colleagues in writing to the Office of Personnel Management and Office of Management and Budget. The senators say OPM should go ahead and approve hazard pay for employees working on the front lines of the pandemic. They're also urging OPM to give agencies clear guidance on how employees could reasonably balance work and family schedules without taking leave. Service members have been putting themselves in danger responding to the coronavirus. One senator thinks they should be paid like it. Federal News Network's Scott Massioni reports. Senator Joni Ernst is proposing a bill that will provide tax-free hazardous duty pay for National Guard members working during the COVID-19 crisis. Ernst's bill will provide at least $150 in monthly tax-free hazard pay for National Guardsmen, active duty service members, and other military medical corps professionals. There are currently more than 46,000 National Guard members working in response to the coronavirus. I'm Scott Massioni. A new tool from the Veterans Affairs Department is tracking coronavirus cases among veterans and its employees in real time. VA is now counting active cases and cases where the patient has been discharged or 14 days have passed. VA data shows nearly 9,800 total cases among veterans and employees across the country. That includes 418 active cases among VA employees and another 3,000 cases among veterans or civilians treated at VA hospitals. 24 VA employees have died due to complications from COVID-19. The Office of Special Counsel calls out a Veterans Affairs Hospital for a policy that denied veterans in-home services. Here's Federal News Network's Tom Temin. A policy in Murfreesboro, Tennessee, had the effect of denying all veterans on its electronic wait list social work programs delivered at home. That, regardless of what clinicians determined were the vet's medical needs, a whistleblowing social worker raised the issue at the Tennessee Valley Healthcare System. Social workers checked on 73 patients and found eight of them had died. VA has instituted corrective measures. I'm Tom Temin. The Pentagon is increasing progress payments to businesses it works with to keep their cash flow going during the coronavirus pandemic. One senator is concerned about how the money will be used, though. Senator Elizabeth Warren sent a letter to DOD's acquisition chief asking how much money will be sent to companies and how long the new policy will last. She's mostly worried that the new policy may allow large contractors to get more of their costs reimbursed before paying subcontractors for their work. 
The Pentagon made $7.5 billion in improper payments last year, a dramatic increase from the $1.2 billion it reported in 2018. Details from Federal News Network's Jared Serbu. The Defense Department says the larger figure came about because it started more rigorous audits of its military pay accounts last year. But DOD's Inspector General says that points to a broader problem. The department's own estimates of its improper payments are unreliable. In a new audit, the IG says DOD is still reporting unreliable figures for five out of the eight major spending accounts it tracks for improper payments. The IG says it's the eighth year in a row the department has failed to comply with the Improper Payments Elimination and Recovery Act. Jared Serbu, Federal News Network. Calling all mid-level career federal employees, the CXO Fellows Program is accepting applications for the new group of candidates. If you're a GS9 or above, the Fellows Program wants to help develop your leadership skills in the acquisitions, finance, human capital, and information technology fields. During the year-long program, Fellows meet with leaders in the federal management community and learn about innovative government operations through seminars and inside government events. Applications are due by June 12th. Senate Intelligence Committee Chairman Richard Burr says he wants a quick confirmation of Texas Congressman John Ratcliffe to be the permanent director of national intelligence. The Senate committee held a nomination hearing yesterday under new social distancing protocols. The ODNI has been under acting leadership for several months. Senators asked Ratcliffe about his views on whistleblowers and the role of the intelligence community in the current administration. Ratcliffe says he'll respect whistleblower protections under the law. Nine former inspectors general urge Congress to set up greater protections for their colleagues. The former watchdogs ask House and Senate leadership to pass a bill that would limit the president's ability to remove an IG unless they fail to meet their statutory duties. They also urge President Donald Trump to give greater consideration to a list of IG candidates already vetted by the Council of the Inspectors General on Integrity and Efficiency when filling IG vacancies. These requests come after Trump fired intelligence community IG Michael Atkinson and removed former Act. Acting DODIG Glenn Fine as chairman of the Pandemic Response Accountability Committee. Former USPS Inspector General David Williams resigns from the agency's Board of Governors. His term expired last December, but Williams stayed on the board as part of a one-year holdover. The board still has a quorum with six members. Prior to his roles at the Postal Service, Williams served as the IG of the Nuclear Regulatory Commission, the Social Security Administration, and the Treasury Department. He also served as the first Treasury IG for Tax Administration and as Director of the Office of Special Investigations at the General Accounting Office. And the percentage of agency email in the cloud made a big jump over the last three months. Here's Federal News Network's Jason Miller with more. New data from the Office of Management and Budget shows 79% of all email boxes are in the cloud among the 24 CFO Act civilian agencies. This is a 4% increase since December. It's also the highest percentage of email boxes in the cloud since OMB began tracking this goal under the President's management agenda. At the same time, one fewer agency met the government-wide goal of having at least 95% of all email in the cloud. The State Department dropped the number of its email boxes using cloud services by 3%. I'm Jason Miller. You can find more information about these stories at federalnewsnetwork.com. Search Federal Newscast. Subscribe to the Federal Newscast on Podcast One or Apple Podcasts. And stay up to date on your agency's response to the coronavirus with our coronavirus resource page. I'm Eric White. (music) 